we will go as long as we need to go, under the hour, however, because I have a Rage Club spaceholder training starting after that. Welcome, Anya. Welcome, Clinton. Welcome, and Chloe, to this first Ask Us Anything. And obviously, we, as a human race, seems to have been wounded in the domain of asking questions, because in a space where you can ask any questions about anything, and it's been a tradition and really part of the context of possibility management that there are no questions of limit. There's no question off limits. Here we are with you, Anya, who you probably have some off-limit questions. <laughs> you probably have some really good questions. So so I could, you know, I could, Anya, I could talk. I, I love the game world of possibility management. I can, I know it. I, I, in a way that I, I, I know how to navigate it. And I, and I know that it can be overwhelming or big. It's like, where do I start? Like, what is this? Like, and, and people are speaking with vocabulary that are just different and, so how do I enter, you know, how do I play the game? So I could talk about that. And at the same time, if you had question, Anya, it might be closer to what people would want to hear than what I would say, something like that. So would you, would you start and we could sort of take it from there? I need to take my list okay. <laughs> from, my video, from my little project videos. <laughs> Uh, well, can I can I ask you a question first, Anya? Yes. Can I ask you a question? Okay. Yes. How did you, what was your, you know, your journey? How did you meet possibility management? It was through a post of uh, Eva with her fear club in another telegram group. Eva Dober. In a German telegram group. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sensing the change was that in, in English title for a German group. And in that, Eva posted the, the fear club and I was just stuck and hooked in, in uh, unconscious fear that at that uh, period. And I was like called. And then within minutes hooking up to this fear club, I, I read possibility management. And there we come to the first question. And then I, I, uh, experienced the homepage and I got lost so many sites so many my striking sites and I thought oh gee I'm 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 I have to spend the rest of my life just reading that I won't be able to get into practice mm. and that's exactly one of my behavioral systems passing by life and trying to read and feed my brain and it it really took me a couple of days to allow myself to not read <laughs> to go in the practice that I could find online with re real people virtually. So that first question would be, <laughs> there's this notion that the two of you are sitting in front of the computer many hours per day feeding those, those internet sites. Is that true? No. I mean, it's... Well, what's your real question, really? <laughs> what's the real question? Well, the question that's behind is, how are you two spending your time? 
What is a day like in Clinton's life and Anne Chloe's life right now in in Vietnam? A Today, lot of fun. Anne Chloe made pho, which is a Vietnamese soup with noodles and special spices and herbs. You eat it all together, fresh herbs, and she cooked it right here in our kitchen. And we ate it slowly and juicily. And then we and we watched this film just before now. In the middle of the afternoon, we watched Shakespeare in Love. And I've seen this film before, but not for a while. And and it had subtitles this time. So I could I could get more of the words. And so when I really I never liked the story of Romeo and Juliet. It's like a low drama and everybody dies. And it doesn't really make sense to me up until tonight. I really felt this despair, maybe the same kind of despair that I feel sometimes about living in a world that doesn't make much sense to me until I make my own context and my own game world and relate with people in the way I love to relate with people. So I was crying by the end of the movie, just really crying. And then, and then I put my white shirt on and here I sit. Hello, Tor. Hello. And I interrupted Anne Chloe. She was going to say something. I mean, I think it's what Clinton said about what is the context, what is the frame in which you or I put my life into. And what I what I do mostly is when, you know, most of my day or today, I, I was empowering other space holders to become space holders. That's a lot of, of my life. And it happens in all sorts of different ways. But I have, there's a, a group of apprentice of Rage Club space holder trainer apprentice. So they're training themselves to train people to deliver Rage Club because we've discovered how the, the switch that gets turned on from shifting from being a participant of, of whatever work talk workshops in, in, in our context, Rage Club or Fear Club or being a participant and, and being fed by the quality of the space, by the distinction, by the clarity, by the healing. But then this shift of delivering that for other people, it creates this shift of relationship to the world that is so ecstatic. I mean, when I hear people for the first time, when they finally report on, I held space for the first time for a men's circle or for um uh, a, a, a introduction to Rage Club, or I did my first work talk, or we did my did my first free free free, and and I was so terrified before, and I didn't want to do it, and there was all these reasons why I would fail, and I'm not good enough, and I'm not enough, and but I I committed and I and I did it anyway, and it was the most ecstatic, ecstatic experience of my entire life, and and it, it was just incredible, and that's been the report just over and over again. And it's that's part of my lineage and part of my job is how do I make it? How do I create spaces and paths and and also videos and also websites and 
um, also these conversations for people to get to the point where they do this shift and they move into serving, um, serving their village, serving their own circle. So that, you know, the same way that Anya, you were sharing the way you met possibility management through Eva Daubert a year ago, she was not delivering fear club and she had her whole path to be able to deliver that and, and is now ecstatically doing it so that other people can have this experience of conscious fear, for example, in this case. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, Sonia. Hello. I, so Tor and Sonia, here we are. We're we're making our way through this ask us anything about possibility management and and, and Anya has a list of questions and I, and I'm sure Anya could come up with more and more questions because I've talked to her a little bit and it's this incredible <laughs> question machine. <laughs> and that's incredible. But okay, I, thank you. You just gave me my, my isness. I'm a question machine. <laughs> you should, you know, one of the things you could do, Anya, is, you know, how did you unlock that in yourself? Because school is an environment that will kill the questioner in ourselves. It is not allowed to ask questions. I never killed it. I kept it well inside. Okay. I was a really nosy questioner when I was three years old, two years old, and I, I was getting the people in, on their nerves. And uh, I, I understood that they won't, they can't hold that. So I packed it away, but it never died. Uh, Here you come and are the new people who I can drill, as we say in German, Löcher in 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 Bauchborn or mm -hmm. somewhere else. <laughs> but how did you rediscover it? How did it come back alive? It was never not alive. But you said you packed it away. Yes, but it was alive there. I felt it. I was in touch with it all the time. And I was really uh -huh. scanning who who's who's able to hold my questions. And every now and then, maybe every other year or so, I found a person and and I was trying to ask questions about their lives. I never, I never lost it. So when will you unpack it fully? Um, I am unpacking it. Um, How are you unpacking it? With this project that I started asking questions to possibilitators, already having developed a second branch with Anne-Chloé, wanting to ask personal questions. And now there is maybe another branch developed that I am willing to be asked questions. And you are doing that, Clinton. You have been doing that before the record button was started, was pressed. And uh, it's, it's like a tree that's developing new branches every other day. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It's faster than I am. What I'm saying is, Anya, maybe one of your job, maybe one of your non-material value is to reawaken, re-unpackage that for other people or to, to find ways to find healing, to find clarity, to find transformation, to find exercises, practices, and for people to find again this, the, the question. Because the question is really our quest. You know, the question that we ask is, can be 
can be sourced by a quest. You know, what is our path? What is what are we looking for? Where what is this thing that is questing in us and and taking us on the on the ride? And so without the question, we are questless. We we have no quest. Thank you. Yeah. Tor, hi. Hello. Can you, uh, wait, where are you calling from? I'm in Berlin, Germany. I quick logistics question. I just um, turned on my radiator in this room because I was keeping the heat low because um, of the gas Russian crisis thing. Um, but is it coming through the speaker? No. I want to make sure it's not distracting anybody. Okay, great. Because some, sometimes it comes through loud, um, the trickling of the water. How are you doing in this space until now? Um, in this moment, I'm uh, I'm happy and excited. Um, I've just learned a little bit of possibility management. Um, I went to one Rage Club intro, and uh, um, I'm on a couple Telegram groups now. So I was very happy that uh, today I saw the message that there was. You sent out the message that there's a Ask Me session, and I have the time and energy to join in. Um, so I'm excited to be here, curious about what will happen. Well, because you mentioned it, I will, I will talk about it. I'm, I'm, and I'll put the links that I'm talking about or other people are talking about in the description of, of this video. But Tor, you mentioned Telegram groups. And so in, at least in the global English speaking world of possibility management, there's those three Telegram groups. One is called the Possibility Creation Village. And this is really where the village meets sort of for, for anything that pertains to the village and mostly celebration and support or need for possibility. Article people share wonderful. Sonia is a great here, a great article writer. Anya has been sharing her videos. So this is what the, the village is for. And something that we're we really guarding about, and that I think it makes the space extraordinary, is that it's not a, it's not Facebook. So this is not a share your own, like sh share somebody else's video, share cats, or share a meme, or share a, a little quote from somebody that seems inspirational. It's like we we don't really do little inspirational quotes. It's really, we want to hear about you. You know, what are you discovering? What are you creating? What's moving? What are you thinking about? What are you considering? You know, how, what research are you on? And, 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 and to bring it because we want to hear from you and actually discovering that there's a lot of people who are doing the same research or having the same question and consideration. And immediately there's this team when we can be vulnerable about what's really going on for us. And it mostly there's so few spaces I think in the world where mm, we can be as, as radical, as vulnerable, as, you know, as dangerous, as risky as in the, the possibility creation village. And there's this whole net of people who have been working really with 
distinction inside of themselves. For example, which part is talking? You know, which what do you what do I mean by when I say I? What do I mean when I say I? And so what the the clarity that is held by the village seems to me that it it allows us to be completely have a, a bigger freedom of movement because the village will hold us in in our celebration, in our discovery, but also in our our unconsciousness. Like if we show up in unconscious ways, the village can also be with that and be clear without you know, so much of the fear of our fear of the village is if I do something wrong, I will be kicked out. If I don't say the right thing, I will be exiled. And, you know, in in the past, it meant we would die. I mean, this is our animal instinctual thing is if I get kicked out of the tribe, I die. And it's a huge fear in terms of actually taking a risk or being vulnerable or 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 sharing, hey, what's going on? If it doesn't fit with the status quo, if it doesn't fit with the assumptions, the unconscious assumptions around us. And, but so when, when this, there's so many people who are doing all this research in themselves, it's really of the, I don't know how to say this. It's each person's inner clarity actually frees up so much freedom of movement for other people's expression. I mean, this has been my experience. And so this is, I wanted to say that about the possibility creation village and, and there's about 500 people or something in this group. And in a way for me, it's like, there's not enough people talking. I think all of these people, something is going on in their life and we don't hear enough about it. So, so that's one thing. And then there's a couple more. One is the PM events. So that's pretty obvious. It's, uh, any events that is online or offline that is using um, the distinction, the tools of possibility management. And so if you're delivering your own possibility management event, that's a place to share them. And I, and I encourage people to share them even if they're offline, because it seems like it's an international group and a global group. And, you know, how many people actually live in, you know, Leipzig or Milan or, you know, not many people, but it's, it's a, uh, it's like a hive and it's, oh, I hear there's an event, you know, in Lisbon. God, I have a friend and she would love this work. So I'm going to, I'm going to send her. But if it's not shared in the PM event, then uh, this, this kind of pollinating doesn't, doesn't happen. And, and then the third group, which is, I think it's the most revolutionary group that we've come up with. It's called emotional uh, collaboration group. Emotional Healing Collaboration Group. Emotional Healing Collaboration Group. And this is the place where we've, with this distinction of impossibility management, where we distinguish between there's such a thing as feelings and our emotional body, there's things as feelings, the feelings are ang- mad, sad, glad, and scared, anger, sadness, fear, or joy, same thing. And it can be a feeling or it can be an emotion. And an emotion, it just means that we have this experience of anger, sadness, fear, or joy, or mix, such as depression or despair or isolation, and it lasts longer than three minutes. And that just means it actually doesn't come from the present. It's something from the past. It's something maybe from somebody else that we've copied or take it on ourselves. And and 
the I mean the miraculous for me it's a miracle it's a it's a amazingly empowering thing to discover that if you're doing feelings work and you're not having the distinction between feelings and emotion then most probably what's happening is you are empowering your emotion of revenge and or resentment or depression or isolation and it's like oh okay now it's okay to feel that and but at the same time it's so contradictory with having a nourishing fulfilling life or, or relationships like the, the the fact to be empowered to feel emotional anger actually doesn't create extraordinary intimacy so 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 the distinction is crucial in terms of navigating adulthood what we call adulthood and this these emotions they're not bad and it's not wrong so this is often something that takes a while for people to get it is it's there they just don't come from the present so you can't use it right now what you can use it for is a gateway for an emotional healing process and a few years ago the only way to have an emotional healing process was to go find a coach and pay 150 euros each time you had an emotion and um and and then you would go through the emotional healing process and go through it and come out on the other side and that emotion would be complete and it will never actually come back up you know if 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 that healing only needed one layer and and now we've discovered actually so many of us have already so much skill and life experience and willingness to heal other people and to help other people and to support other people in their healing journey that we can do this for each other we can actually provide and hold space for each other to go through emotional healing process and i remember the first time i was sitting in a chair holding space for somebody else and how scary that was that somebody was going to be completely vulnerable feeling things you know t- t- saying things that they maybe never said before and i was supposed to hold space for them and to discover could okay but i can listen you know maybe this person's never just been heard about this i can listen and do completion loop oh but now i've listened and done completion loop well i have a question about this okay i can ask a question Oh they're feeling something. Okay, is this a feeling or an emotion? Is it pure emotion or is it a mixed emotion? Like it just really we need just a, a few distinction but mostly to rely on on firstly our our life experience and our our commitment to other people to actually say yes I, I will hold space for you. And but then I I I wanted to discover how to do magic. for other people. I wanted to discover okay, how can I how can these amazing leaps of transformation can happen? And so for example, there's a a website called Create Possibility, and I'll post it again actually in the uh, emotional collaboration group, the Telegram group, where so Clinton uh, who's here, a woman called Vera Franco and a man called Patricia Diaz and myself, we've held space for people online and they were willing enough to be recorded on while going through emotional healing processes and we've posted it online and now there's about 120 demonstration of uh people going through emotional healing processes which are all unique because we're such unique creatures and so if you want to learn what possibility coaching is or how to hold space for emotional healing processes 
as a service, as something that, you know, it is part of your job. It's part of who you are. It's actually part of who you are. You can watch those videos and that really helps build this, um, we call it matrix, to build these awarenesses, these skills about how how is it to hold space for something that is called possibility coaching. But I would you talk about possibility coaching, Clinton? I would make a little space for questions or comments at okay. this point. I just wanted to acknowledge you. Do you say it Annie or Anne? I'm not proud to say your name. Yeah, Anne Chloe. And Chloe, yeah, thank you for sharing so much. You've uh, advanced my knowledge already of of the work. Um, and your passion is really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. I'm also interested in Sonia. What would you? What's? What are you here? What's your question? Uh, I'm here. Uh because I really like being in these spaces and I really appreciate this nourishes me a lot. And I wanted to see what were the questions that would come up. And the question that I have is related to Gremlin. And I don't know if it fits the, the subject that we are going into right now. So I am, my Gremlin has this, um, self-cannibalizing strategy and I've been reading I started reading a book uh, from the possibility library it's called uh, choice theory and by the author talks about other um, basic uh, necessities other than physically surviving and so I got this question of is it possible that the self-cannibalizing gremlins are protecting other necessities other than physically surviving such as power freedom uh, love and this came really strong and I wanted to ask you if this resonates or if there's if you got into this how would it, how do you mean protecting? How would it be protecting? Uh, for example, when I was going deeper into my gremlins' foods and I went layer after layer, what I've discovered is that is really trying to be free, to, to have this freedom. It's much more important than being alive physically. So nothing else matters. There's this thing, I'd rather die than to be imprisoned. And it's like what I sense is that is protecting this, this value, or this, this need of being free. Is, is this clear? Yeah, the question is clear. Anya, were you going to say something? Mm -hmm. I, I, I can uh, 
really relate to the question and add my own dimension to it, if that's helpful before you answer or after. Oh. Um, yeah, so this whole, I haven't heard the phrase self-cannibalizing before, um, but um, it really resonates for me. Um, sorry, one more aside, just in terms of what happens with the recording for this session, because I missed, the, sorry, I missed the first part, so I was conscious that it's being recorded, and so I just wanted to check on that to take care of myself. Yeah, it will be made public. It will be on, on YouTube and we'll be sharing it. So that okay, other people can cool. have yeah access to the information. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to know. Is it okay if I record also? Yes. Thank you. Um uh you have to give me permission. Um yeah. the host has to give me permission. So anyway, um yeah, this um topic of self cannibalizing is kind of the, the core issue in my life nowadays. Um and uh uh, I have a lot of thoughts and, and theories. I've been wrestling with um, progressive self-cannibalization for 40 years, um, and it's gotten particularly debilitating the last few years. And I've studied it through lots of different um, therapies and, and um, psychologies. Um, and so for me, it is a, uh, I've come to see it as a part, I'm curious about how you under, guys talk about how possibility management talks about parts and um, stuff. But um, uh, so from a Jungian kind of point of view, the, there's a protector part that's also a persecutor part. And in some ways it's protecting me from feeling the, the pain that I felt in um, uh, infant hospitalization, mobilization and, and domestic violence. And, um, and so it seems like that part is protecting me from um, that level of feeling. Um, and, but it's turned into kind of, it's out of control um, and blocking me from taking action in my life. And it's grown and grown to the point now where, um, you know, taking a shower is a battle with that part, um, almost a shouting match or, you know, and um, I can go on and on to the, details on that but that's uh, the the basic idea and then well I guess the other part I'll add from an IFS internal family system point of view is there's like a, an angry teenager who just wants to destroy me and that's um, uh, really challenging to deal with and so those wants are to, wants to destroy you because well it I um, that's a good question um, like one point I said, inner child, why is it so hard for me to work? And this cold, mean voice, I didn't hear a sound. I don't auditory hallucinate, but this thought in my head said, I am going to kill you. And, um, and I think it's so frustrated and so disappointed with, you know, the things that I didn't get as a child, the ways the world doesn't work, the ways I haven't been able to to heal and perform and function in this crazy world. And that's the closest I can get to why it wants to kill me. Yeah, thank you so much. We have a website called parts.mystrikingly.com. It might be fun for you to check that out. And it's these parts are, are highly respected. And the point is to get to know the parts through self-observation. So we have another website called self-observation. And 
one of the tools in self-observation is called noticing. We have a website called Noticing. These have very powerful distinctions and experiments to do. And the point, I mean, the way you described it, Tor, about how how in, in our adolescence or childhood and adolescence, we developed a way to survive. And each of us have whatever our childhood was, in, which might even look, you know, from the superficial level, good. You might even be uh, as if it was peaceful, like there maybe there was not domestic violence, but then what you have is numbness or zombieism or uh, et cetera, et cetera. So whatever the situation was, we, we each of us used our creation power to develop a survival strategy. And we have a great website called Survival Strategy. And so the, the survival strategy, the point of it is that it works. And at least half of the survival strategies work because they suppress our presence and our voice and our feelings and our attention and our will and our ability to connect. They suppress so many parts of ourselves because those would not be man- appear to not be manageable by those who are taking care of us, teachers, parents, grandparents, neighbors, whatever, siblings, and so we suppress the things that would trigger other people to threaten our lives in various ways. And so this is all good and fine because we're designed to encounter around 18 years old, uh, formidable, authentic, initiatory processes into adulthood that would disassemble the survival strategy to such a degree that our being could be released in the world and step into the this initiatory, ongoing initiatory processes of adulthood. The only problem being that modern culture eliminated those initiatory processes many, many centuries ago. And so they are missing from our, our life. And so you try to imagine the rage or frustration or pain of a butterfly essentially fully developed and still compressed into the cocoon. What a waste of potential. What a rage, frustrating, you know, it will do anything really to try to get out of there. But if there's no impulse, if there's no crack in the cocoon, if it's not permissible, if there's, if nobody else is doing it, for example, you look around and nope, everybody else is suffering the same pain inside of their cocoon. It's, it's crazy making. And so, so the further along we go after 18 years old without experiencing these, these archetypal level rights of, you know, initiatory processes into adulthood, the, the more crystallized we get, the more hopeless we get, the more frenetic or fanatical or, or um, extreme. So the way you described Tor this, uh, this I'm going to kill you or, you know, this rage or this, this kind of, you know, if they didn't take care of me before, so I'm not going to take care of anybody else. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to actually get revenge on my parents by being failure. If I'm a failure in the world, everybody will know my parents did not treat me well. And that will be the way that I get revenge. And these kinds of things are so common. It's such a, it's really kind of the state of affairs in people 
from who are living on the streets all the way up to presidents of countries and corporations and churches and hospitals and, and, and universities. The entire, this is, we are, we are uninitiated. And it's, it is such a painful lack, I mean, lack of respect and waste of potential. And so, and there's, there are uh, ones that becomes kind of clear. It's sort of straightforward work to go through the initiations. And so like Sonia's question, your question about this, uh, this interference of the, the way that your gremlin, how did you say it? Sonia, can you just say it again? How your gremlin, what? He is basically as this twisted way of making me free. Yeah, yeah, okay, good. It's, it's such a, compare, a parallel between what Tor was said and what you're saying. Is he's trying to, he will destroy whatever he thinks, the gremlin part thinks, is in the way of your freedom. Will destroy it so that, that at least he, there's some, independence there's some some uh like self-sourcing of your life to, so that you can source your life if you're free you can source your life if you're not free you're in prison you're a slave you're a zombie so it makes sense that it looks like the the gremlin will try to destroy something whatever it is that to try to preserve i get what you're saying to try to preserve this freedom, it turns out that freedom is a shadow principle. It turns out that freedom is serving unconsciousness because it's not that it's bad or wrong. It's just simply free, it's freedom from responsibility, freedom from consequences. You know, and in the, in the world where we live, we don't have freedom from consequences. There are consequences. And, and whether we're aware of them or not, or think that we can outsmart them or not, we cannot. I mean, the consequences are there. And so this whole um, orientation towards freedom is a gremlin point of view. And it and the idea that it's protecting something, it's like, I, if you're going to take the next step in this process, so, Sonia, I would encourage you to get a, get a partner, get a space, sink down into what, what you're really longing for. What is it that you're actually longing for? Because I, I think it's uh, similar to all of us, I would say, which is this creation force. Like we are this living force of creation in the world and wanting to contribute, wanting to make a difference, wanting to participate, wanting to help or shine or mm, produce value create value for our environment one way or another. And, and so, okay. So if that's, if you can find that in yourself, then you can find what's in the way of that. And the thing that your gremlin is looking at saying, well, I don't have enough freedom to do that. It's not the answer. Can you get it? That's not the answer. But then you find the other things that are the answer. And I don't want to try to guess what those are for you at this point, but I suggest that there are really, 
straightforward, clear, practical things that you will discover in your emotional healing processes with this next thing, that you'll discover exactly the kinds of things that are in the way for you to show up in the world as you. And so I hope you do those. I hope you do that. Does that help what we were talking about here? Yes. Thank you very much. (laughs) Can you say why it helped? Okay. And then Chloe, I don't care. Go ahead, Sonia. Yes, it's this this helps because I've been noticing that there um it's like I, I've been catching up mirrors that my gremlin is using. For example, there's this bright principle that wants to come through. And if I'm not Which conscious one? uh Mm. it's creativity creation actually yes and I'm not conscious of it and so when I start noticing this it's like the gremlin does something to 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 work through it but it's 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 misplaced it's it's unconscious, so it's irresponsible, and but it reflects what's what's behind, and and it brings me joy because it's so perfect. It's sad because it's unconscious, but it's there and it's trying it's trying to come through, and so the gremlin does what what he does, and mm-hmm. what you said just just resonated with this image that I'm having of bright principles working through lenses, different lenses. And the more the matrix and the consciousness, the more finer the lens and the more the bright principle can act through me. And so thank you for, for this, for this moment. Thank you. Yeah. Because the, the gremlin will orient towards thinking freedom. You don't have enough freedom for the creation to come through. And it's probably not it. And there are other things that are in the way. So if you just go looking there with the gremlin at your side, not your gremlin in the front, but mm. your gremlin at the side, so you can do the work and the gremlin can help you be courageous or go nonlinear, then then you'll you'll discover what's really going on that's in the way of that creation force. Yeah. I thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to add because you also mentioned things. Uh, like love that the gremlin would be protecting other things and i think you mentioned love and i i don't know i can't remember what else you mentioned and love is not a shadow principle but the gremlin's perspective on love can twist it into you know i don't have enough love you know it's the same thing Mm -hmm. i don't have enough love to create okay well what do you mean by love you know in the gremlin's orientation or definition or yeah, definition of love is somebody take care of me, basically. So it's an ordinary relationship to love, or it's I, there's not enough love. No, you know, there's not people don't look at me enough or pay me enough attention or open the door enough or ask me how I'm doing enough. You know, all this, all this gremlin consideration about love and this. It's a. Uh, I mean, I was going to say just because we're using words here in this, in this call, that is, you know, ask us anything that's supposed to be, or so 
could be really this entry door into possibility management. And we're talking about, you know, bright principles and gremlin and uh, shadow principle and all these. And, and at the same time, I was thinking about this while we, we were talking here and we're trying to talk about things that are not talked about in ordinary, normal culture. So they haven't come up with word because they don't need to come up with word because they don't talk about it. And so how, how it is, it would be inconceivable to try to, to talk about things from the ordinary without having to dis, without having to name things that have never been named before. So this is what the gremlin is not named in modern culture because if it was actually named in an ordinary culture, the culture would collapse. And, and it was, for me, it's been a shocking, you know, discovery that I walk around town and the whole city is designed around gremlin needs. The city is designed around roads. Okay, why is it designed around road? Well, so that people can move faster from one shop to the next and buy more stuff. You know, how, how, you know, how can a road be, you know, be designed for intimacy? No way. Nowhere road is designed for intimacy or connection or love or creation. It is only for profit, maximum profit. And, and it's, 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 it's so easy to be, knocked unconscious being i uh, yeah sure i i drive down the road without realizing i'm driving down a gremlin scented need village and 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 so when when you know when we need to say well when there's this longing like clinton was saying for god can something else be at the center of my life or of my relating or of with my people and my team and my group, how do I do that? You know, and this is really what possibility management is about is this question of how do we build a culture that is centered on something else than, you know, freedom, like the gremlin freedom or the gremlin uh, definition of love. You know, there's not enough love or, or profit or, uh, competition or success or, you know, being right or what, you know, whatever this, this, how does it, how is it to build a village around empowerment, around creation, around transformation? Well, it starts by starting to name things that have not been named before so we can then inner navigate them in ourselves. I mean, Sonia, you, you know, your description of, of your gremlin self-cannibalism, like that's, you know, months if not years of work to have that kind of self-introspection and self-observation and to look at it, you know, without beating yourself up and being, okay, that's a part of me. It's a part of me. What am I going to do with it? You know, how can I, and your question is, how can I transform that? Because, okay, it might have been serving me this whole time, but it's not serving me now. And And so now we're having this conversation about, it's not about trying to kill the part or deny it or suppress it because because that's what you've done the whole time. Try to pretend that it's not there. Now you're bringing it to the surface, but without the language to talk about it, it's like having a room without doors. It's like, how do you get out of the door where you don't, there's, you know, how do you get out of the room? Well, 
there's no mm-hmm. way out if there's no doors. So saying, okay, there's such a thing as gremlin is painting a door so that you can get out of the room. And the same thing for bright principle and really the same thing for each of the distinction that, that we've, we, we've, you know, invented and keep inventing because of the next, you know, the next question. Somebody says, well, it's like this for me. And, and, and I'm, so I go on this journey with them and, and being, okay, w- w- you are in a room that doesn't have door, which, how can I, what would be the door that would help you to go out? Mm-hmm. And each, and I, you know, each door has to be crafted differently because we're so creative and complex creatures. Yeah. It's so cool because Tor's name in English is door. Oh, yeah. Tor means door. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the right place. Yeah. You're in the right place. We need you. <laughs> I have this growing question in me uh, growing already for for last two three weeks which I consider being provoking and too personal and I need to gather some of my rage energy to actually ask it um you and Chloe talking about roads and using them and me knowing that you you uh, have this motorcycle driving around the roads in Vietnam and uh, you talking about how to create a new space. And this question inside of me is why are you then in Vietnam and not somewhere at a, pl- at a place in a small village and actually creating something out of this these new ideas you are you are spreading and actually going into agency and do it that's my question for yeah it's a good it's a good question and and my answer is going to be a little uh to some degree almost cheating because my answer is without trying to avoid responsibility there's this forces that are bigger than me that decide where my job is, what my job is, or how do I do my job best? So one of the thing is called this earth coincidence control office. And the door has been open. We've had this conversation with Clinton. The door has been open about um, buying, you know, buying land or getting land or, you know, making it in a way that we have a stable place. And somehow it has not happened. I mean, and the question is, why not? You know, and I, I keep carrying that question. And for example, um, one of, you know, the dimension of that is there's a thing called the energetic world. And in the energetic world, I can make a distinction and it's immediately in the space, like instantly. There, the spaces change. Okay. If I want to build a door in a wall, that's, four days work or you know some entering the physical domain is a completely different realm than working in the energetics or emotional or archetypal domains and then my question is okay do is that part of my job to start working at the physical domain and until now the answer has been no has been no and so part of entering a community would be would include and that's just one dimension, but I'm sharing with you would include working at the physical dimension. And right now I'm, I'm, you know, writing websites and I'm holding space for trainings and I'm writing books 
And my question is, okay, what would be the best environment for me to do that? And and somehow we found ourselves here. And let me just add on how the <laughs> most of the now eight billion people on planet Earth are occupying game space, a culture, call it game space. They're living out their lives inside a belief system, a concept world. I call it a game space. They're living in the one this, that comes from modern culture, the culture that's exterminating life on Earth at the fastest possible rate. Why are 8 billion people participating in that game world? Because they have no other options. They're not aware of other options. And so what I've been doing, and Chloe and a bunch of other people participating, and we're building new game space. It starts energetically first. It starts intellectually. It starts through distinctions. It starts through the domain of possibility. What? There's a, there's a new game. There's a, I can participate in the world without being having a, 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 a corporate job. I can, I can provide non-material value. I can, I can create a guy in game world. I can, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's just so many new opportunities that we're building out for people to occupy. Okay. So then, then when bridge houses, you know, people occupy game space, things flourish. And so we're building, we're building really exactly what you described in the, in the energetic domain, in the domain of possibility, building out new game space and people are occupying it. And so we are actually doing what you said, just not um, hammering nails and, and digging permaculture trenches right now. So that's because it's where we're both, we're both uh, best being made use of. Thank you. Thank you. I experienced myself mirrored and I, I realized that my emotional rage is uh, triggered as I'm, I love to do the same. I love to work energetically. And uh, I just remember a big billboard that I have been driving by a couple of weeks ago in German. It said, Lasst uns übers Machen reden. Let us talk about, let us talk about doing. Mm. And my rage was just coming. I mean, let's stop talking. Let's do. <laughs> And I'm sitting here and I'm talking because I love talking. And now I just got an explanation by the two of you and, and like le legitimation that that's fine because that's where it starts. So the space that we've been having this conversation in is brand new. This is the first hour, the first session of Ask Us Anything. And it won't, we don't know who's going to be the space holders the next time we do an Ask Us Anything session. We'll do once a month, the first Sunday of each month, same time. And it'll be different people holding space and providing the navigation of the space. So, um, yeah, but this space did not exist before. And it's a mm -hmm. space where this kind of thing can happen. That's what we're saying. And so this is a real, a real part of next culture is this, we can, Drop our barriers, say hello, connect, ask questions, try stuff, and make use of the space. And so, and I want to say, and what we're doing here is not talking. We're not talking. We're actually building yes. 
you know, I've learned, I've learned stuff tonight. So I've built new territories in myself that now I can inhabit. And because of the circles that I've built, most of what I can inhabit new, I actually offer it as a possibilities for the people in my circle to inhabit new. So even this conversation with five people, you know, we have circles of four or 5,000 people. So hopefully that territory will be built in 5,000 people. God, yay. Yeah. Tor has his hand up. Yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, I know I'm nervous about, you know, how long this session is because I'm wondering if it's ending in the, uh, at the, uh, on the top of the hour. Um, and, uh, just wanted to say that, you know, uh, I wrestle with these questions too of what am I doing with my time and, and my attention and my energy in, in huge ways. Um, part of what brings me here and, um, you know, the, uh, the eco village movement is, is, uh, an intentional community movement is a, is a really strong movement that doesn't get mass media. And it's something ways that we can, we want to get our hands dirty. Um, that's another option that's available to all of us. And I keep looking for ways to do more there myself. Um, I guess my question in terms of the ask me anything format is, um, first in terms of possibility management, and sort of the spectrum of uh, mental health and mental wellness um, in uh, for myself. In some ways, I'm super functional. In some ways, I'm extremely challenged. And, you know, that brings in various different kinds of approaches and responses from, you know, friends, families, and professionals. And I'm wondering how um, uh, someone like me um and enter the possibility, what, what are the pathways into possibility management, community and interactions and involvement? Um, and that also are not too much too fast, I guess is the core, given that I have sensitivities that I need to work with. Great. So we, we are sort of finishing here on the, on the top of the hour. And I would shortly you know you said you've done a rage club and that's you know that's a you didn't oh you did an introduction yes and so you know the the possibility is really in terms of your question of not too much too fast for me is join join groups like don't do things alone it's like doing trainings join places where you are in teams. So there's a study group happening every Saturday. And, and so, so that you can feel the team and you can feel immediately the connection and you can rely on people that you've met in, in spaces. And you can say, Hey, can I talk to you for five minutes? Can I call you for five minutes? You know, can I, and, and yes. So that would be a short answer to this. And I would just add, we really trust each other to, to self-manage that. So there's zero pressure to do anything. So there's no marketing, no, you know, you're, you have to do this next. There's nothing like that. It's completely chaotic. And so in that way, we trust each other to self-manage our steps. And I know people who've done one step and nine years later, they come back for the next step. I myself did not start this stuff till I was 39 years old. 
And so it just, the, the steps, we just self-manage that. So just do that and then keep talking about it. And and the, the steps would be, the sense I've gotten from the little I've learned is ex, the expand the box training is a big step. A big, big step. First step. Um, well, a big step doesn't have to be first. Okay. And rage club could be a step. Big step uh, also. Big step also. Okay. What would be a small step? Uh, read the Conscious group? Feelings book. Read the Conscious Feelings book by this guy named Clinton Callahan. Okay. And in terms of just the one in terms of joining a team, there's a study group happening on Saturday. It's at it's from two to four p.m. your time, two to four p.m. Um, Central mm-hmm. European time, and then then you get to be in a live live setting with with people and a team, and you yeah, that's that's also great. great. Thank you. Cool. Sonia, you had your hand up too. Yes, it's. Just I want to add something related to Anya's question. That is, there's something that makes me really angry. That is this disconnection between the nodes, these community nodes and this edge culture and the modern culture. And so if all everyone goes into the edge and stays there, like build a community, who who will be doing the bridge? And so how... Uh, is the edge communicating with modern modern culture and how is this work being done? So one thing that I know and I've seen that is really important for me is to somehow have this communication with modern culture and be this bridge. And this is really important. Really, really important. Thank you. Sonia, have you read Become a Bridge? This website, Become a Bridge? No. Read it. You got to read it because... You're a bridge builder, and this will give you so many tools and connections and experiments and distinctions about the four steps across the bridge and just how to really hold space for that for you and other people. It's such important jobs to find the bridge, you know, find the edge and find the bridge and then take the first step on a bridge. It's, it's a huge step. And then to actually learn how to live on the bridge because you don't get to just automatically be on the other side of the bridge it takes a while so you have to find the bridge to find the edge because that's the bridges are on the edges and you find it that's the first step second step is put one foot on the bridge one foot that's huge and then then you learn to live on the bridge in this space in between and only the fourth step is being over there in archiarchy in next culture that's and then so you you clearly are are passionate about finding the edge you know, pointing out that there are bridges, that there's someplace else to go, you know, and that's hugely important. Those are, if you don't have steps one and two, you don't have anything. So it's so, I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Thank you. It's full support cool. for your work. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you all of you for being here because otherwise this space would not exist and we'd be talking to ourselves. Yeah, but it would be a great conversation. <laughs> but still, would be a great conversation. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> okay. All right. See you around. Thank you. So, Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you Bye. Bye. Bye.